Hello, my friends, and welcome once again to another fantastic, supremely mystical episode of Fandom Talk. Tonight, we are finally doing our spoiler cast for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, we are going to be doing, as I said, full spoilers, so if you have not seen the film just yet, feel free to exit this podcast, go watch the movie, come on back and talk to us later. We'd love to hear your all's thoughts as well, so if you want to hit us up on social media, we'd love to hear what you guys thought of the film as well. But we are going to just jump right into introductions. Um, but before we do, we do want to give a quick shout-out once again. Jenny is not with us tonight, uh, or Admin Raven, as she is known. Um, she is unfortunately still not feeling too great, uh, so we hope she gets to feeling a little bit better. And uh, yeah, we'll be seeing her soon on, on a couple other podcasts and a couple other things we have planned. I might do like a small little like TikTok series or something with her where if she wants to add something to to her thoughts on either Moon Knight or Doctor Strange. Um, but moving right along. First off, uh, you all know me. I am the EIC, Jacob Vance Hardesty, running this podcast because I was terrified, really, of anyone else running this one. Um, particularly the first person I'm going to introduce, my brother, the YSA, Josh Hardesty. How you doing tonight, what Josh? Are y'all, why are y'all, why, why, why are y'all scared of me running it? I'm confused. I'm, because you've done nothing but make Darkhold jokes listen, like, listen, for the last week listen. and a half. Okay, listen. Listen, mm. I, I want to make this very clear. Mm. Okay. Um I think everyone's going on this podcast thinking that I utterly hate this movie, but you know, and, and, and normally, you know, like it, I think, you know, it's kind of one of my things. I'm not real big on the whole trope of, you know, women uh, not being able to control their emotions and becoming villains kind of thing. But I do think this movie has done a really good job of showing what a woman looks like when uh, they go through a great trauma and they don't have any real support system uh, and showing how they, through the, corruption of evil forces uh can perform horrific acts and you know that's why i give midsummer a nine out of ten i hate is, is that is that was that the movie we're doing tonight i hate everything that just happened anyways moving right along <laughs> we, we also have with us the uh illustrious al manley the red lanyard al how you doing tonight I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about a really good movie. Oh, okay, good, good. You don't, you don't have any, you don't have any. He liked, he liked Midsummer too. <laughs> you don't have any Koki. He was a big fuss. He was a big fun fan of Midsummer as well. Yeah. <laughs> we, we also have with us the, the consistently wonderful and the kind of our, 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 our grounding force here, uh, Alyssa. Alyssa, how are you doing the night, dear? I'm good. I'm just happy to be here with my friends. <laughs> good. Good. See? See? That, that's what we that's what we need. Now, um, <clears throat> I'm actually going to start off. Alyssa, I know you will not be on the entirety of this podcast. You unfortunately have to leave a little bit early. So we're actually going to start with your question. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. And you, here's the thing, Alyssa. Um, you, you've got the rough one. You, you do. Um, but, Alyssa... <clears throat> Do you think that Wanda's representation of trauma and her responses to it were justified or maybe a little too over the top? Oh, wow. Yeah, Sully, um, I, I Sully agree. Sully has some opinions about that. Sully does have some <laughs> opinions. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, okay, so we are jumping right into it. Jumping right in. Um, so I think we talked a little bit about this the last time when we did our Moonlight trailer. 
Um, I think the big disclaimer here has to be kind of exactly what was said um, on that on that episode as well, just that your trauma and the things that happen to you are not your fault, but they are your responsibility. Um, that being said, trauma and mental illness and all of the different things that go along with that do not automatically make someone a villain or put them, you know, it doesn't really prime you for doing bad things necessarily. However, I think something Josh said a little bit ago, I couldn't tell if he was being snarky about it or not, or was being genuine. Um, when you have bad things happen to you and you don't have a support system around you, it can be easier to stew in those feelings and, you know, turn towards maybe lashing out or having less than healthy responses to those traumas. That said, um, yeah, you, you gave me the tricky one right off the bat and we are... <laughs> Dealing with that right now. Um, I think. I think. Given that these characters exist in a realm of superpowers and magic and crazy, fantastic things happening in general, um, just the idea that the responses to the extreme traumas that they're experiencing are going to be proportionate to the powers that they have within themselves as well. Um, I, I don't know. It's a difficult one because absolutely, like, if I had experienced the things that she had experienced and I had the power set that she had and I had a way to change things or live happily ever after with my family and the ones I loved who were taken from me, I would probably explore those avenues as well. Um, and it can be very easy to kind of, you know, put those needs ahead of realizing like, oh, I'm going to have to like destroy someone else's life to do this, but in the end it's going to be worth it. Like, I think it would be easier to justify. Um, all of that said, I don't know. I, I can't really speak from that. Um, and I know this is like the very divisive topic with this movie in general. So I kind of would like to hear sort of an opposing view to that, to have more of, I guess, a platform to talk about those differences of opinions and different perspectives on that, because it is a very divisive topic within this movie. So that is my roundabout way of not really answering your question. <laughs> no, no, I think <clears throat> I think you're per I think you're perfectly fine, Alyssa. Obviously, um, you know I. A lot of people have you know been using the the dark hold uh, line. The you know she has the dark hold and the dark hold has her mm -hmm. as a, that one five second line. Man. That one five second that line. One five yes. second line. Um, it's carrying a lot of weight in this movie. Um, as an, an acceptance to that this is not Wanda when she is in complete control. Um, <clears throat> my thought process on that is that if they if that is the intention, then they really should have done like another scene 
or something where they're kind of focusing more on the fact that it was like possessing her. Um, if this is a representation of just her dealing with this trauma in really, in, in my opinion, a negative way, obviously, um, I, I think they've hurt the character a, a bit too much. Um, but that here is kind of my question about this. And those of you who have read more comic books than I have and know more of the history, please like jump in here and educate me on this. My impression all along from like way back when this character was first introduced to the MCU, all I knew about this character is what I had heard from like previous, you know, X-Men iterations or things like that, where like her character was this person who, you know, had an extreme loss and quote unquote, went a little crazy and altered reality. And she was essentially an antagonist for the heroes to have to deal with at certain mm. points. Is that not, mm. is that like an oversimplification? Mm. Or? So, mm. so mm. the, 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 the ostentatiously grunting man to my mm. left, um, would, I would, would love would, to hear, I would like love to, to hear the grunting man's thoughts. So here's, here, here's my issue is that you can be an antagonist, not be a villain. Okay. Um, and I, I have a lot of thoughts, more thoughts than, than, than we're going to be able to get through today. But, but what I will say is on the comics, they're very, very careful in being like, you know, Wanda doesn't know what she's doing. Okay. Wanda is very much not in control of her powers. That's what her entire, her entire character is. How can I use these powers for good without screwing everything up? That's her entire okay. character. That is not what we see in Multiverse of Madness. <clears throat> best example of this, of course, is at, at the beginning of House of M, in one of the best, you like, you know, moments, in my opinion, in comic book history, when you've got like 80 heroes there, and their discussion is literally, should we kill Wanda or should we let her live? And it's really kind of fun to watch because you've got, everybody goes where you think they would go. Captain America's like, absolutely not. Iron Man's like, we should. Spider-Man's like, you're crazy. Emma Frost is like, I'll, I'll kill her myself. You know, like, it, it really goes where you think it would. And they have this really deep philosophical discussion. What do you do if a character who is inherently good but doesn't know what to do with her powers? This is not the character we see in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. But more than that is this, Jake. If the Darkhold is what we're blaming this on, then the question you just asked Alyssa is, is invalid. Fair. Because the whole point of psychology doesn't really come into play there. It's a possession story then. So you really interesting because I feel like the whole beginning of the movie sort of negates that argument as well. Like her whole conversation when she first comes on the screen kind of indicates, you know, to some extent she knows what she's doing. You know, she's able to deceive Stephen Strange for a brief amount of time. Um, it's very methodical. It's very, you know, she is the one in control of that situation to a certain extent is what I gathered from it. Yeah. That's how, I mean, that's how I see it too. I think the, the, and the other thing about the whole, the dark hold hazard line, if that's what we're going with, 
and normally, here's the thing. I don't like these takes of like wacky well, MCU heroes are not good heroes at all. But if that's what we're going with, Doctor Strange is the worst hero in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because this is literally a character who has fought with you, who has who has lost everything for you, as she points out. And then you're you're you know, if if you know she's possessed by the dark hold, then your entire purpose should be, well, let's get the dark hold away from her. And the reason I know that that's a better storyline is because that's the storyline in WandaVision, which the whole thing is, if Wanda's the problem, Wanda has to be the solution. And that never even comes into play here because, you know, yeah. and, and, and here's and here's here is here is random conspiracy theory. Number one from Josh Harsey. The reason that's not in here is because there was not a single woman working on the creative flow of this movie. This would be a completely different movie, in my opinion, if you had one female voice in this in this concept. But instead, you get Sam Raimi, who doesn't have a great track record with women. And you get the guy who ran Loki, who, you know, ran Loki. So, like, I mean, that's that's your that, that, that's who your creative flow is. They don't really get the character. So it's not yeah. something that they really care about. So that's how you get the Hollywood Hulk Hogan Hill turn that uh, mm. Wanda does here. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, just to sort of end my take here just from I guess the question you asked initially Jacob I do want to reiterate again you know traumas that we experience and having mental illness in general that does not make you predisposed to doing bad things and that does not automatically create a villain um again like I said your traumas are not your fault um, and I think it would just be very wise to be very cautious when discussing these types of things and when portraying them on screen because, you know, it might seem like a silly thing, like, oh, this is a superhero movie and we're showing this woman who has experienced horrific loss on all levels who now is dealing with this massive surge of power that she has and how is she going to address this um it might seem like a very silly thing but those are the types of representations that really do affect our culture and to a larger degree can really affect our understanding of mental health um those types of things can really feed into all sorts of stereotypes um and can lead to you know, all sorts of biases, prejudices, what have you. Um, I guess my only worry with this is that I don't want to see us sort of fall back as a culture. I think we've kind of done a good job the last several years of moving forward and trying to destigmatize mental health to a large degree. You know, we're having conversations now that previous generations have never had in a larger capacity. Um, we are much more open about what's going on inside of our heads and the treatments that we receive for it. And I would hate to see us get to a point where we kind of fall back into old traps of portraying people who have experienced these horrible traumas as being, you know, now damaged and broken and dangerous because of them. So I think I would have liked to see more of an emphasis be on the power itself, like we said before um not fully understanding her powers and to some extent maybe being corrupted by them rather than focusing so much on 
it being her traumas that sort of broke her and made her deranged in a way. Um, so that is my one concern about all of that is that I don't want that to be sort of the takeaway from that movie. But. Yeah, no, I mean, I, <clears throat> I obviously, um, can definitely, you know, see your point on the, the fact and, and the good point on the fact that we are able to have these kinds of conversations. Um, the fact that we are having this type of a conversation about a superhero film when, you know, 15 years or so ago, um, I mean, this, this kind of thing wouldn't even come up. Like no one, no one was bringing this up in like X-Men The Last Stand when Dean turns into Dark Phoenix or anything like that. No one was really focused on stuff like that. You contrast that with this where, you know, most of the conversations that have happened from this film have been about this. Which I think, as you said, is a good thing in that sense that we are kind of moving towards that. However, if the entirety of this is focusing more so on how she has reacted negatively to that trauma, then that is an issue. But that actually does lead to my next question, uh, to Josh, actually. Um, Josh, do you think that Wanda as a character can come back from this? If the uh, rumors are true that Scarlet Witch or Wanda is going to be receiving a solo film, <laughs> what would that solo film be? Like seriously, like what, what would it be? Okay, all right, all right. Look, before okay, I, I'm already going into rant mode, and I don't want to do that. But here's here's a here's a serious question I've got for you. Okay, all right. If the next the next grouping is of, of all this is supposed to be probably dealing with Kang, right? I mean, that's kind of what we're thinking. Sure. Kang's going to be a big issue. I'm assuming Doom is somewhere along the line. Sooner or well. later, hopefully. Okay. All right. So if Kang's whole thing is like, you know, the multiverses and like one guy taking over all the other Kangs and then conquering the multiverses in the timeline, right? That's his thing. That, that is okay. what he'd be doing. I know one universe that is utterly screwed when mm. Kang shows up because Wanda just murked every single one of their protectors in one fell swoop mm. characters that we, that we have learned to like, mm-hmm. you know, like characters that, you know, like, I mean, Captain Carter got three episodes on the what if show, you mm-hmm. know, uh, we finally get John Krasinski as Reed Richards and we can we, see him ripped to shreds. We do. Yes. You know, uh, you know I mean, like, like what's amazing is like, I mean, there, there, I do, there's a part of me that wants to shake Sam Raimi's hand. Because I want to be like, you had the other balls to have Charles Xavier come out in a yellow hover hover chair, <laughs> play the X-Men theme, and then have him get killed 20 minutes later. Like, the, the guts of that man. I mean, it is, it is, a, I mean, it, it is, it is a standing ovation to be able to do that. And, like, and, and you have Wanda pulling all these things off, okay? So how do you come back from that? Because cause here's the thing, once again, like I bring up the Hollywood Hulk Hogan thing, because here, here's my new metric, okay? If your heel turn makes less sense than Hollywood Hulk Hogan going from a good guy to a bad guy in 1996, it's not a good heel turn. If your heel turn doesn't make more sense than professional wrestling 1996 storyline, it's not a good heel turn. And the only way she comes back is to be like, guys, I'm good again, which is what Hulk Hogan did, but it's in <laughs> wrestling and not in, and not in a billion-dollar uh billion dollar uh you know enterprise enterprise film. essentially <laughs> because if she comes back her whole thing of like guys that was all the dark hole that's all it was how do you come back from that you know i mean literally i mean the the only the in comic books no joke you know no joke 
the only worst bastardization of a character I've ever seen is Steve Rogers in uh, Secret Empire. Mm. That's the only one that's worse than this. And the only way they did that was by being like, well, that wasn't Steve Rogers. So the only way they can come back, in my opinion, if, or have Wanda come back, is if it's the Wanda that has the two kids and is like a very good mother and a really good homemaker, you know, and not the one that was, you know, killing people. By the way, one of the funniest things that happens in this film, and it's great because both Jenny and Jake didn't catch it, and I had to point it out to them, is like there's a part where Wanda starts torturing uh, members of the of, of of the where they're at the uh, uh, what, what, where's Doctor Strange at? Uh, at what part? The oh, fortress. The... What's the fortress called? Oh, the uh, uh, Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a part where like you know Wanda's trying to get Wong to do things, and like Wanda decides to just like pick up four like wounded people and start torturing them. And so Wong does it. And like, it was so out of character for Wanda that both Jenny and Jake were like, why was Wanda bringing those guys back to life? I'm like, no, they were not dead. She was torturing them, Jake. She was torturing them, Jenny. And like, that's how weird this character is in this movie. So no, there's no coming back from this. There just isn't. There just is not because you have a, you have a character killing other named characters. You know, like, and, and not not just like, it's not like Killmonger killing Claw or something like that, you know. It's like John Krasinski's Reed Richards gets torn to shreds. Captain Carter gets eviscerated, you know. Black Bolt, I'm, actually, I, I, I kind of got excited about the Black Bolt thing. But, like, Charles Xavier gets his neck broken. I mean, these are, these are things that happen in this movie. I don't know how you come back from it. I really don't. I, I don't see it, you know. But, but they'll, they'll try. They'll try because... Let me tell you something. They sold me and Jenny a lot of T-shirts. They sold me and you a lot of action figures. You know, they sold us a lot of stuff, you know, you know, on this character. So they'll try. They have, will. Have you worn your WandaVision shirt since I don't know then? where it's at. I, I, I will wear it because I, cause that's not the character. The WandaVision character is not this character, mm. you know, so. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah that's so, fair. but. Well, we are going to move on a little bit from Wanda, uh, unless... Uh, Al, before before we do move on though, is there anything that you want to add to the character to the discussion of this character? Um, I don't want to retread anything that's already been said. Um, uh, I do think the people who discount um, Doctor Strange's line about how you know how he straight up says Wanda is gone, I think that does do a lot of work. I know a lot of jokes have been made about how much work that line does, but it is a line spoken by the titular character of the film. So I think that does do a lot of work. I think it's supposed to do a lot of work. I think that was kind of the intention behind it. Um, so I will say that. But, um, I mean, yeah, I don't want to retread anything. Do I think that some of the things she did were very extreme? Um, you know, yes, I do. Obviously, this was a very extreme film. This was probably the most extreme film that the MCU has has ever done and probably will ever do. Um, but, yeah, I won't get any more into her character because I think by talking about other characters, it's going to, to loop back around to, to why Wanda was the way she was in this, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 
All right. Well, and that that leads me to my next question for you then. <clears throat> so, what were your thoughts of Stephen Strange in this film, and also where do you think he's going at the end? Because <laughs> the the last like the last scene and then the end credit scene were both very very odd to me. Like in 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 the they were almost in a reverse order, and in, in my opinion of of where they of how they should have shown up. But that's. But I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let, let you talk about it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. It's weird because I'm kind of I'm kind of a reverse character wise. I'm kind of a reverse on where Josh is on this film, or at least I was um, initially after we watched it, um, because I remember that Josh had said in the group chat that he loved how Doctor Strange was in this. And I agree with that to a certain point. And I say that because to me while watching it, um, and I watched it a couple times now, it feels like there are two different versions of Doctor Strange in this. And I know in reality there's like eight of them. But (laughs) I mean like there are two different versions of like the titular 616 version of Doctor Strange. Al, it's uh, called which, the Multiverse of Madness. This that it, there's of course there's multiple <laughs> Doctor Strange. There's going to be several. Um, <laughs> oh, a whole lot of Doctor Strangers. <laughs> uh, which, before I go any further, I did want to ask you guys a, a quick question before I launch into this because I was kind of intrigued by this. How do y'all feel about the MCU um, having the designation in this film of X16 as opposed to its as opposed to it having kind of its own unique Earth universe code. Um, Josh would like to answer. I honestly wasn't going to bring this up because I didn't think anybody else would, but and I'm I'm amazed Jake isn't more annoyed by this because this is not the 616 universe. Right. Not in any way, shape, form, or fashion is it the 616 universe. Because once again, the 616 universe, Wanda never gets possessed by the Dark Hole. There's just one difference right there, right off the bat. So I don't know why they didn't go like your universe zero or something like that. I would have I would have accepted that way more than just being yeah you're six one six because it's not. And the person that would have really really been upset about that, I'd really like to ask this one guy if I could ask him. This is crazy because I'd have a bunch of other questions to ask him. But if I could ask Grant Morrison watching this, the guy who basically mm-hmm. invented modern multiverse theory mm-hmm. in comics, what he thought of that he'd probably lose they. his mind. They oh is he, he's a, I'm sorry my bad they the well, guys, guys, a pejorative term. Come on. You I, said he at one point. Oh, okay. I, I, I was just, right. just correcting. Okay. Just correcting. All right. But anyway, if I could ask they uh, one question, it would be that one because um, that w- as soon as that happened, I was like, no, that no, because what well, we <laughs> had an entire we had an entire uh, uh, comic book uh, event where we smushed all of them together. Right, I mean that's what Secret Wars was. Secret Wars, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. was like you know Reed. So and and by the yeah, and that's another thing annoyed because Reed Rogers should know that. <laughs> you know, so I, I no, I was I was pretty annoyed by that. I was, but I, I'll 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 let it slide. But I'm really shocked you weren't more annoyed by it. I there's a there's a lot more to focus on in this film. That's um, fair. But um, for me, Al, I am actually glad you brought that up though because it is a talking point. Um. I honestly thought, and when they when they said it, like there was a point in me, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, you know, that's you know, callback right to the comics. Um, but what's interesting to me 
is I thought that they had already designated that the film universe was its own thing. I can't remember where it was. And I mean, now it's, you know, it's not official now. Um, but there was a point where they had designated the the MCU as its own universe. And even to the point where I thought they had designated the MCU, the Fox films, and the, um, the two different... Uh, Sony Spy- Spider Verses, the the Andrew Garfield's and Tobey Maguire's uh, universes, um, as all different Earths. So I I kept ex- that's well, kind of definitely true with Spider Man though, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, no, it, it, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, but I thought that there was a point where someone had written out, like someone from Marvel, like they had written out that this was this Earth. Um, so you know, but I mean, that's that's just something like. It was a callback for you know, for pe- for people who knew the comics, you know. So I mean, like I didn't. Yeah, but it was a bad one. I it's, agree, it's, it's a bad the, one. But it's, like, it's the equivalent it's, of being like your middle name's Robin. You should go by that. That's, like, <laughs> that's, that's the exact equivalent of it. Like you can't call it a callback for people for comics when it's like it's a callback to it's, it's like I don't know, thought in there, but clearly kills. We don't know anything about the comics. That's true. Like that's Plus, what it is. Here's here's the thing. It would actually make more sense if they were just like, uh, your designation is sixteen ten, which is the ultimate exactly. universe. Exactly. Like I don't know why um, they didn't do that. It would it would actually make yeah. more sense if they did that. Um but uh but they yeah. Picked I was, any number. That's the like, part any about number, it. There's so they could have done any number. They could have done the zip code for Walt Disney World or Walt Disneyland, and that would have made more sense. I don't understand, you know, like why they had to pick 616. <laughs> Christine Palmer says, like, the exact address for Walt Disney exactly. World but winks at the camera. Exactly. <laughs> you know? like, it was the one number that that's, like, guaranteed to get comic book nerds angry. Like, it was the one, one number. Well, actually, okay, uh, um, you know, Al, while you're while you're continuing your question, I'm gonna look this up because I don't know. Earth is it eight three eight? Yes. Is the because does that have its own like designation in the comics? Oh gosh, I don't know about that. I'm one. I'm, I'm, I'm looking this up, but but Al, you were you were talking about the. Um, but but you were just talking about you said it was almost like there were two different Doctor Stranges in this in this film. Yes, um, and so and what I mean by that is that is that when we see um, Doctor Strange interact with America Chavez, um, who was fantastic in this film, um, when we see him interact with America versus when we see him interact with Wanda. I mean, like, early in the film, like, a su- the first time he talks to Wanda. Um, it feels like two different characters who are talking to these other characters. Because almost immediately, um, Doctor Strange with America Chavez is, is a lot more warm. He isn't, like, extremely warm, but he's, he's as warm as, as Stephen Strange can be at that point in his life. Um, he's a lot more gentle. He's a lot more like understanding things like that. He still approaches things from a, from a perspective of logic and reason, but he's still, he, he talks to America as you would expect kind of him, him to talk to a 16, 17 year old kid. 
Um, and contrast that with when he goes to talk to Wanda and almost instantly he makes kind of a snide remark about like the trees that she's trimmed and how, you know, he, he's just like, wow, they almost smell real and stuff. And like how he interacts with her and like immediately calls out, well, Wanda, your children who you obviously care very much about, they aren't real and you should stop acting as if they are. Like when they go to parlay um, um, before the battle happens, um, again, just repeatedly um, very aggressive, just repeatedly makes no attempt to really come to any kind of common ground, any kind of area of real understanding between the two. I had the issue with the plot of the film because, no, I don't think the plot was um, completely airtight. Uh, there were a lot of things that I would have changed that to me would have made a bit more sense for the characters and things like that. But one of the main ones was if Doctor Strange had acted like a rational, a rational, reasonable person when he went to talk to Wanda, and if he had just been like, "Whoa, okay, Wanda, this is really extreme. I know you. I know you are a better person than this. Why don't you and I work together, try to figure out what's going on with America's powers, and see if there's a way where she can help you find a reality where you can be with your children." but she doesn't have to get hurt. Like, how about we do, how about we do that? At no point did that idea ever come to the mind of a character who's supposed to be one of the most intelligent people in the MCU. At no point do we even see the sparks of such a, a common ground, reasonable solution come to his mind. Um, and he's just very hostile with Wanda from from the very beginning, whereas he's so gentle and so reasonable and so warm with America Chavez instead. And sure, you have the excuse of just like, well, one's being the antagonist and one's being a potential victim. But still, it bothered me that Doctor Strange, again, supposed to be one of the most intelligent people in the world, in the MCU, supposed to always come from something with a rational rational, reasonable approach. At no point has the bright idea of saying, hey, Wanda, you want this thing. I might not understand why you want this thing to happen, but why don't we work together and try to figure out a way where we can make this work for everybody? Because that's what we do. Because I'm supposed to care about you um, as a fellow Avenger and as an ally. Um, I don't, because this is the first time, as we see, that I've even ever checked up on you since anything that's happened to us. Um, you know, that's super uncool of me to do, that the first time I come to talk to you after all this terrible stuff has happened to you is for me to ask you a favor. But <laughs> why don't we try to figure out a solution where you can find some closure, you can find some resolution on what is ailing you, but you do it in a way that I know you're capable of. Because one of the things he says to her when he first goes to talk to her and she brings up what happened at Westview is that you put things right and there, and there was ever any doubt that you would. 
And that's a weird line coming from him when you watch the rest of the film, because it seems like from the very beginning, he didn't have any faith in Wanda whatsoever. Um, and that was something that really bothered me about him. Now, all the interactions he had with everybody else, I thought were great. I thought he had really awesome interactions with America Chavez. I'm really excited to see where that kind of um, hand tour type relationship goes in the future. Um, of course, Every every moment that he's um, on screen with Wong is just utterly fantastic. Um, and so I liked him in basically everything he does. Um, except for that. Except for how he interacts with Wanda. And I think, again, it's because it's so telling that the Avengers as a whole have kind of dropped the ball where Wanda's concerned. Um, in my opinion, I think um, this film, in a lot of ways, is kind of a culmination of that. Um, this whole movie, I don't think, would have happened if Steve Rogers had been around and had just been like, hey, is anybody checking up on Wanda? We should probably, like, trade shifts to do, like, a wellness check on our friend who has lost arguably the most out of all of us. Because um, <laughs> I think that would have gone a long way. But... Um, but if that's true, and if this film is saying anything about a lack of support, which is really important for how people respond and how they cope with bad things that happen to them, then Doctor Strange almost has to be held accountable the most for all that, because the sphere that he exists in is the most closely related to what Wanda does. So they have that in common, they have that common ground. And yet we see as soon as Wanda's on screen, oh, whoops, this is the first time that Stevens even attempted to reach out to her. And it's because he wants something from her. Um, and I just thought that was very telling about um, the events in general that have led up to this uh, concerning Wanda and how she fits in to everything else that's been going on in phase four. Um, but that's kind of how I felt about the character. I, I have you just gotta let me cut in here at the end of WandaVision mm-hmm. Agatha Harkness who I think we trust uh, as, as a as, I don't know why she'd lie about this claims that the Scarlet Witch is the most powerful magical force in the world correct yeah, even more than the Sorcerer Supreme even yes. more than Sorcerer Supreme okay <clears throat> all right watch this Scarlet Witch uses the dark hole what happens to Scarlet Witch he turns evil. Doctor Strange uses the dark hold. What happens, Doctor Strange? He is able to do something that uh, does not turn him evil, and he gets what a third eye. Third eye. So what's the difference? I I know what the difference is. I know what the difference is, but I wonder if you guys know what the difference is. Because 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 we're we have to keep circling around this because, and I'm really shocked I'm the only one bringing this up because mm-hmm. that's the only difference. And I, I'm really surprised by a lot of, like, comic people that I really like really brushing this under the table. And I don't understand why we're not just saying, oh, most powerful figure in the world, well, she can't handle it because she's a woman. But this guy who's not even the Sorcerer Supreme can't handle it because he's a dude. 
Like, that's the only difference. Because Strange is just as reckless. Strange opens up a freaking multiverse because Peter Parker shows up and is like, hey, I'd like people to forget me. So, like, what is... So, so you tell me what the difference is there. Well, I will... I mean... Strange has gone through less trauma, and but if that, but I'm I'm just saying, but if that's the, but but once again, if that's what we're going back to, then that is that in itself is an issue. In okay, my then, then 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 once again though, then, then then to go back to what Alyssa talked about, then we're dealing with trauma in a really strange way when we're talking about it in a, in like using this like magical possession kind of language with it. I agree. Okay, so then we're doing that if if that's where you want to go. But then you've also got Al over here who is like, well, no, see, it's a dark hole doing all this. Okay. But then he's also like, well, people need to go check up on him or ch- check up on Wanda. So, like, I don't know. I, 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 we're, we're all talking. We're, we're really trying to make this movie work, and it doesn't. It does not work. The only way the movie works is if you walk into this thing going, well, yeah, Wanda's going to go crazy because women be crazy, right? That's the only way this movie works. It's literally, I, I, I don't know why we don't see it. It's, it's, it's the most basic line of this movie. I also think it's an unfair comparison, or at least an unequal comparison there, though, because the Doctor Strange, the 616 Doctor Strange, we see him use the dark code once. And Wanda, if it's to be understood, the continuity of, of events here, Wanda's been using the dark code for a long time. So it's not really the one-to-one comparison you're trying to argue, though. You're right, it's not. And you know why and it's we not see, one-to-one comparison? And we, see, and we see a version of Doctor Strange that has had the Dark Code for a long time, and he's all kinds of ways of effed up. Exactly okay. what happened with Wanda. But, 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 but the, reason, the, reason, the reason it's not a one-to-one comparison is because we have been told, okay, canonically, that the most powerful person in this universe is Scarlet Witch. Okay, we're told that by the crazy FBI dude uh, in WandaVision. He's like, actually, if if uh, Thanos hadn't started shooting everybody, he would she would have ripped Thanos apart. What's that dude? The guy that was going to shoot the children in WandaVision. Oh, I, I've forgotten uh, okay. his name, yeah. but he is okay. the worst. But <laughs> he, he tells us that. Then Agatha tells us that. So you're right. It's not a one to one comparison. Not even close. Instead, it's a compa- so like once again, it, it, it circles back around Al because then you're like, well, yes. Most powerful person in the universe. If anyone can use the dark hold and and make it work, it's this person. But no, can't because trauma. Okay, so there's there it circles back around that, which goes back to what Alyssa says. In my opinion, it says, well, that's a weird way to talk about trauma, isn't it? I mean, it is, except it's not. See, you're treating this as if it's just, oh, she had trauma, and now this is happening. So now this is a weird, toxic way to talk about trauma. And I don't think it's, I really don't think it's as simple as that. I think it goes back to what I was talking about, where, and I want to emphasize this, because I don't think I emphasized it enough the first time, the Avengers, since the beginning of Phase 4, have dropped the ball with Wanda. Because this isn't just, oh, Wanda was traumatized once, she got a hold of the Dark Code, and since she has two X chromosomes and obviously she'll lose her mind. It's she has gone through a lifetime of trauma dating back to when she was a small child. At no point in time has she had any kind of intervention there. At no point in time has she really had any kind of social support system except for her family, which was ripped away from her. 
And then the first person who shows up who might be able to provide some kind of support is just like, hey, Wanda, I don't want to talk about anything that happened to you. I need you to help me. Like, and also, by the way, your children aren't real. Like that, that to me is, is a much bigger, complex situation than what you're trying to make it out as, oh, she had trauma um, on the dark code, got a hold of her. And now this whole movie is saying, if you've been traumatized, then you're going to turn into a mass killer. I don't think it's as simple. As I'm not that saying that. No, you're, uh, no. You're, 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 no, you're, you're misreading me. I'm not saying that's what the movie's saying. I'm actually saying something worse. I'm saying what the movie is saying is that if you're a woman, you probably don't need to have that much power. And that is what is happening here. Because what you have here, and, and, and I will die on this hill, Scarlet Witch is twice as interesting a character as Doctor Strange will ever be. Okay? And what you have here is you've sacrificed that character because you needed a bad guy in the Multiverse of Madness movie, which is ridiculous, which is just stupid, because Dormammu's sitting right there, Mephisto's sitting right there, Baron Mordo's sitting right there, but you need a bad guy in this movie, and what you did was you took a character that you gave us nine hours of fantastic TV with, watched us grow with that, helped literally the entire nation heal in episode eight of that. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but there was an entire week where we were all like, yes, we've all experienced trauma, and we're experiencing with, with Wanda right now. Every single one of us went through that with her, and then you have her turn into an evil psychopath in this movie. That's what I'm saying. And the only reason for that, in my opinion, is because one's a man and one's a woman. Because Doctor Strange should be able to hold the dark hold at all in this because he's not that powerful, Al. He's not as powerful as, as the as the as the satanic one is. So, like literally, in my opinion, as far as I'm concerned, the moment he's messing with the dark hold, he should be dealing with possession and everything. Oh, wait, I forgot. My bad. My bad. Christine Palmer is keeping him from being possessed in this movie because Sam Raimi wrote us into a corner. And so how are we going to keep him from being possessed? Well, Christine Palmer is going to be like punching demons, you know, while he's trying to possess a uh, a zombie. You forgot that happened, didn't I you? I did not forget that happened. Okay? I did not forget that happened. That seems <laughs> awesome. And, and, I, I I did forget that happened. Okay. And, and, <laughs> that seems great. And, and, and that, that's what I'm talking about. Like the, the amount of ridiculous stuff we have to do to make Doctor Strange good and Wanda bad in this movie is crazy. And here's the thing, though, Al. In order for your concept to work, Doctor Strange's response to Wanda isn't that weird. Because if you believe, if you believe Wanda is possessed by the Darkhold, then, yeah, we probably don't need to be coddling Wanda. We probably don't need to be going, well, Wanda, let's talk about your kids for a while. Because if you believe she's possessed by the most evil book in, in all of history, and one that's going to rip apart the multiverse, then yeah, you don't need to be coddling her. So which one is it? You know, it's, it's, either, it's either A, for me, the better movie. The better movie here is Wanda, is like you're seeing all these multiverse incursions, which is how they start, okay? They're chasing America, America Chavez, and she's the one that's noticing them, okay? That's the start of this movie. And you go to Wanda, and you find out Wanda's messing with the Darkhold, and it's more than she knows what to do with, and they have to put it together themselves. I don't understand why you wouldn't create that movie, except for the fact that, once again, women be crazy. That's the only thing I can come up with. That's the only reason to have it. Well, I mean, there's a lot there to unpack. <laughs> there's, a <lot> there, <laughs> there's a lot there to address. I think the idea that, as a friend and as an, and as an ally going to Wanda, even if immediately you think she's under the influence of the dark code, which he does not. Um, 
which he does not. That's a realization he makes gradually in that scene. But even if you do, I think making the jump to say, hey, showing up and asking your ally and friend who you haven't seen in a while and you know awful stuff has happened to you, hey, how are you doing? Is there anything you want to talk about? Are you doing okay with the loss of your family? Like, I think to make the jump to say that that's coddling a person is an inhumane take. Um, I'll say that right now. I think that's an inhumane way to look at that potential interaction. But um, I am going to do something that a lot of these kinds of fandom-based podcasts uh, probably won't ever do. Real quick, real quick. Let me, let me. Yeah. So when, so when Doctor Strange shows up, because here's the sequence of events, he's like, yes, you put everything right. <laughs> but you're right, it's a hilarious line in retrospect. Like we all knew you would, or I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing. Okay, and then like Scarlet Witch reveals that, you know, that she knows Chavez's name. And then you see all the trees die. So yeah. is it at that moment where Doctor Strange is supposed to be like, hey, uh, how are you doing with the loss of your kids? No, no, no. The moment he should be like that is when he first shows up. When he okay. first walks up to her, he okay. should be right. like, hey, Wanda, some terrible shit has happened to you. Awesome. Are you doing okay? <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's exactly what would you say, because once again, this is what I'm talking about. If you had had one woman in the creative room, I guarantee that's the st- that's how that scene goes. But you don't. Because, Al, you've watched a lot of Sam Raimi movies. Do you trust Sam Raimi with dealing with trauma and psychological stuff? Do you think Fragment Hell? Don't don't even pause on this. He's not the first person I think of, no. (laughs) Okay? That's what I'm telling you. Because you you keep going like the Avengers failed one, and that's true, okay? And I guess that's that's, that's the storyline we're going to go with. Okay, we're going to make all the Avengers look really stupid here going forward. All right. Hawkeye, you know, had this connection, you know, at the end of at the end of uh, of, uh, of Endgame and Age of Ultron, you know, and you know, I hope she sees everything. And Wanda goes, you know, she does. She sees everything. You know, there's a there's an afterlife and everything. By the way, I'm about to send 50 people to that afterlife, you know, in about two years. But OK, you know, but like, you know, there's 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 all these things. You're right. That, that should have happened. OK, but. This is where I'm coming from, okay? If 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 the part if if this is to start telling a storyline, if this start telling a storyline about how the Avengers are failing and helping people with trauma, that really isn't the storyline I want told. Because if we have to sacrifice characters to get that storyline told, it's not worth it to me. That that that's where I'm coming from, okay? So that that's that is the that's the last thing I'll say. I'll let Al I'll have it from there. But that that's what I'm saying. If I may, Al, I do I do want to reiterate real quick though. I do understand where he is com- where Al is coming from though. Yeah. In the sense yeah. of it's a badly written movie. In the sense that that yes, the Avengers should have been checking on Wanda like constantly. They should have been trying to deal with her like they do and like the discussions that they have in the comics about her. I think that is something that, that should have been brought up sooner. And if going forward that is something that happens like that is something that is brought up then that's a good thing but i do think that it's a bit backwards in the sense that it's a very reactionary move obviously following up this film but alan we're, we're gonna let you continue i'm, I'm so sorry for interrupting you 
No, I no, no, it's okay. It's not oh, good. Okay. It's me. I interrupted, and I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um. Anyway, I will, what I was going to say is I'm going to do something that I don't think a lot of fandom, a fandom podcast would do, um, in this situation, because I'm going to take the point that Josh brings up, where he says that the only difference here is that Doctor Strange is a man, um, and Wanda is a woman, um. I don't think I'm qualified to talk about that um, from that perspective. I just don't. Um, so something I want to do is I want to turn it over to our fellow correspondent who who might have a bit more insight on, on receiving that kind of story and that kind of media and ask Alyssa, because I could be completely wrong, and ask, and ask Alyssa, could you get any of that from the two times we watched this? Or am I crazy? Is is Josh crazy? Are the both of us crazy? Which is probably the right answer. Well, I'm definitely crazy. Uh, <laughs> get any of what part of it specifically? Of that. Of that. <laughs> yeah, is that there's like an inherently misogynistic undertone in how Doctor Strange is treated versus how Wanda is treated. I think they do a good job of addressing that at one point. The the point where, you know, in the trailer she says, you do this, you do the same exact thing, and you're a hero, I do it, and I'm the bad guy. Um, I think that comes up pretty often. I'm with Josh in the point that, you know, if there had been any women involved in the creative process of this movie, I think those conversations would have gone a little differently. Um, but I don't think they would have told the same story for better or for worse. Um, I don't think the story would have come about the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do agree with that. I do. Yeah. I can see that entirely. Yeah. So I guess in some sense, yes. Um, I think we're always going to have that type of issue when we're dealing with situations where, you know, the people who have the lived experiences are not involved in the process of creating the media about those experiences. Um, And I think that can be true, you know, not just with writing complex female characters, but with writing any character. I think we always have to make sure that I say we like we're not the ones sitting in these rooms creating mm-hmm. these characters and making these movies. But I think, you know, it is an issue that has been screamed to the rafters for years and years. You know, if you're going to be creating a movie about the complex experiences of a particular type of individual, you need to have those types of individuals in those rooms. Um, And if you don't, there is always going to be a misunderstanding of how they would act or, you know, biases of what their experience is and how they portray those to the world are going to be. So. 
But did you think with the story of Doctor Strange, did you think the story being told was inher was inherently misogynistic? Did you get that from the viewings of the movie you had? Um, I'll be honest, I didn't really see that initially. Um, I also didn't really go into it looking for that either. Um, and again, like I have less sure. experience with these characters and less experience with their stories. Um, so I think, you know, my take on it, watching it the first and the second time was, you know, oh, this is just how these, this particular story goes. And again, like I had the background thinking that Wanda's character was always this way in the comics and that's just who she was and that's the story that they were trying to tell um so yeah i don't know if that really answers your question but mm -hmm. no. i didn't notice it initially but also i wasn't particularly on the lookout for it i was more focused on america chavez because i really liked her character um and thought she was mm -hmm. super neat um yes, we all love america chavez yes but in hindsight, like, I know that probably isn't fair to the character of Wanda, so. Yeah. I got you. I just wanted to ask you because I feel like, I feel like the kind of discussion Josh and I were having have happens a lot on these kinds of podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to get the insight of, like, an actual woman. Um, and other example why any is very missed because I do agree with Josh where having different genders and different backgrounds and experiences adds a lot to the discussion um, and I'd love to hear her opinion on that as well yeah. but um, I think but yeah. they did a good job of including a wide range of female characters in this movie so that if there is an undercurrent of misogyny, it's not as directly in your face as it would be in mm. other movies. Um, but yes, I I would say it is probably there, um, especially when comparing like Wanda directly to Doctor Strange. That mm. is definitely still there. Um, but it's it's sneaky. It's, it's a, it could be it's a little sneaky. sneaky. It could be a little sneaky. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. But um, yeah. Last thing I want to say about Wanda before we move on is I want to give a shout out to my mom because um, the interaction they have where Doctor Strange says your children aren't real, you created them using magic, and Wanda says, well, yeah, that's what every other does. That struck me as something that my mom would say. Um, <laughs> if she somehow were to find herself in that situation, that's exactly something my mom would say. So I wanted to give a shout out to that exchange um, in particular. But yeah, yeah, I'll get off my rant now. No, 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 you're good. And I'm, and also thank you, Alyssa. I, I I'm sorry. I, I thought that you had gone, but I, Al, thank you for bringing that up and letting us have a different perspective. I, I greatly appreciate both of you for that. Um, but yes, actually, um, Alyssa, are you, are you actually st sticking around? Can you, can you do one more question? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, because, because you, you were the one who said that you really like this character. 
Um, however, I have heard some people say that they thought he was a little bit rushed. But so go go ahead and talk to us a little bit. What were your thoughts on America Chavez as a character in this? I mean, yeah, she was a little rushed. She's jetting from universe to universe. <laughs> she just kind of pops in. Fair, <laughs> fair. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we didn't have a ton of background on her before that. It wouldn't have made sense if we did. She just kind of rocks onto the scene in her converse and, you know, steals the show. And I love that for her. Um, yeah, no, I I thought she was just super, super neat. Um, she is a precious baby, and I hope that she is treated well in, you know, the con continuation of whatever her storyline is going to be going forward. Mm -hmm. Baby girl deserves the world. <laughs> or all of them. Can, uh, can either one of y'all tell me her arc in this movie? Her arc in the movie? Her arc in the movie. She's an extra-dimensional being of immense power who can bounce between universe to universe, and she's being hunted by another person who wants to utilize her power, and she needs to grow and come into her own and realize that she has the strength and the capability to use that power for herself and not just be used by other people. You really, you, you really got that from this movie? Yes! Okay. <laughs> I I also got that from this movie. The incredulity on Alyssa's face right now. <laughs> I, I mean, for me, for me, I think. Um, yeah. Sheesh. Uh, for me, and I agree. I love I love America Chavez quite a bit, and uh, I I think the actress is fantastic. Uh, I loved her character. Um, Real quick, Al, how do you say her name? You you had told us, and I've been trying to figure figure it out again. I wasn't even gonna try. <laughs> oh yeah, um, uh, her first name is pronounced So Chiel. So Chiel. So Chiel. And, and what, what, yeah. I actually don't know what it's like. on the first syllable. Yeah, and again, I'm not to beat a dead horse into the ground. Um, please don't do that. Um, again, I think like my takeaway from that character and your takeaway from that character, Josh, um, before, you know, we get too deep into it again, I think it comes down to being a woman and this character who is perceived as being a woman and the life experiences that come into play with that. Like it mm. is understated. It is sort of in the background, but it's powerful. And that's something that I think me and people like me are able to pick up on. You know, we're not, you know, she's the driving force of this movie, but she's not necessarily the forefront of the movie. And that is extremely relatable. So, yes, that is what I got from that character and her story arc. And all she needed to unlock her powers was a little pep talk from old Dr. Strange. Hell yeah. And, you know, a whole bunch of death-defying experiences. Hell yeah. Pushing her to the yeah. edge. <laughs> I, will say, I will say the best part The best part about America Chavez in this film is that she does what I was wanting Doctor Strange to do the entire film, where she puts herself in Wanda's shoes and realizes, oh, hey, I get that she really wants her kids 
she needs to realize that what she is becoming from that desire is not something her kids would want her to be. And so hats off to America Chavez for being the only character who's able to approach other people from a a phenomenal logical viewpoint. <laughs> yeah, the logic that's on empathy, point. bitches. I'm sorry, Josh. I would agree. He was the only one who had the logic centers of her brain firing in this movie. <laughs> uh, yes, very, very true. Um, I love the character. I, I thought, and I thought the uh, so so chill. I know I'm butchering that name every time I say it, uh, but I thought the actress did great. Um, and mm. Al, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of hoping that that's kind of a continuation with her. You know basically becoming not only a sorcerer, but also, uh, you know, really fine-tuning her abilities, because if she has, if she has the abilities to just cross multiverses, and then also becomes a sorcerer, like, he's, he's gonna be hard to beat. Um, I also thought it was interesting that she is the one that does not have, um, that does not have any, um, any variants. She does not have anyone else in the multiverse. I thought that was really an interesting um, storyline. And it actually, it also makes me wonder if the rest of her, her people, wherever she, whatever Earth she is from, also don't have variants. Mm. Um, yeah. Because, because that, the, that was an interesting thing. I'm sorry. I thought the implication is that she didn't come from an alternate Earth. Like, I thought the implication was that she was from somewhere else, like something other. Like, out, outside of even the multiverse itself? That's kind of what I got from it, but I could be wrong. I, I'm that, probably mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that, here's the thing. That is a possibility. Um, that's not... I'm kind of... I'm is kind there... of now. I'm, I, I, I kind of... I want to rewatch that scene now. Just, I kind just of viewed her that. as a Kang-like character. You viewed her as a, you said a Kang-like character. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So, ba- so something that is outside of the right. of the multiverse itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Is there a universe in which other universes don't exist? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> now, now, now we're getting wild with the, with these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's hilarious because I think that's what everybody expected this podcast to be about. <laughs> yeah, but, but in, in, instead we haven't we haven't we haven't even gone to crazy conspiracy theories about other multiverses or other universes. No, we haven't. Yeah, we, we haven't finally got it. there an hour and a half of the way in. <laughs> exactly. Sit down, everybody. We're going to use this platform to discuss intersectionality of feminism and mental health. Whoa! <laughs> Next time on Fandom Talk. <laughs> Oh goodness, but but you know that's that's one of the reasons I actually love this group is because we are able to approach conversations that way, um, and you know yeah that's just, that that part's great, um, but yeah I I love America Chavez I'm I would love to see if if the theory about possibly doing a Young Avengers storyline with the different like I don't want to say side characters they've been introducing but basically the characters they've been introducing next mm-hmm. to some of like the more established characters such as Kate Bishop, Yelena, so on and so forth. Um, I'd be really intrigued to see to see how she does in like a team setting with the rest of those guys. Um, especially considering she'd probably be the heavy hitter on that team. Yeah. Um, 
nothing against nothing against Kate Bishop or Yelena or um, or Eli Bradley or anything like that. But that would uh, I mean it's America Chavez. It's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to to uh, to call anyone else the heavy hitter on that one. But moving on, um, let's see what was the next one I had. Um, Al. Yes. I was curious. I know that you really enjoyed the Illuminati scene. So I was kind of curious about <laughs> your your thoughts on it as a whole. Um, um but but also I was curious what were your thoughts on the uh, primarily I mean of course the person I want to talk about and, and what I'm curious your thoughts on it is John Krasinski as Reed Richards. What 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 are you are you excited for a Fantastic Four movie now, or are you still iffy because it's still one hundred percent Reed Richards? Right. Yeah. Well, let me just say, until until we get a trailer that tells us that hey, we're doing a Fantastic Four film, and we understand how hard that is going to be to do, so um, we're just going to do one of the storylines where there's the Fantastic Four and also um, Spider-Man is there the entire time as well. Until that happens, um, I'm not sure I'll ever really be excited for a Fantastic Four film. Mm, but yes. um, <laughs> but to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, um, yeah, this was, I mean, this was probably the most an- anticipated scene from the film ever since uh, the trailer came out that kind of hinted at the Illuminati um, being a thing. Um, And um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, Xavier rolling out with the, um, with an orchestral um, um, rendition of the X-Men animated series theme. Um, I thought that was fun. Um, It was great to see Patrick Stewart back. Um, it was awful how he met his end. Um, I did enjoy the scene where he went into Wanda's psyche, though. Um, I enjoyed those interactions, um, he had with her there where he he was just genuinely trying to help her. Um, I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, uh, also just real quick, it warmed my heart when I learned this. Um, I didn't realize this because I didn't watch the very short-lived um in humans show but uh it warmed my heart when i learned that that was the same actor um of black bolt who got like a call to come back and reprise the role um kevin fahey did not have to do that but i thought it was very cool that even though it was a property that was uh kind of objectively a failure that he still um offered up that opportunity to that actor. I thought that was very um, awesome of him. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, even though I don't like Reed Richards as a character, um, I do, I will say that there was ever any doubt in my mind that, that John Gurdzinski would do a great job as Reed Richards. Um, and he proved that he could in this because just the small amount of screen time he had, I mean, he nailed down the persona of Reed Richards being very intelligent, of being very 
sure of himself um, and also um, of being very arrogant as well and having those flaws come out as well, that arrogance, that kind of hubris, that kind of condescending tone he used when he um, talked to Stephen, that arrogance when, you know, the most intelligent man in the world um, just kind of told Wanda what the superpower was of one of the strongest members of the Illuminati um, <laughs> and gave her a chance to stop it. Um, I really enjoyed it. And like I'm saying that in a joking tone, but I'm being very genuine. I thought that he did a great job of showing the strengths of that character as well as the flaws of Reed Richards and who he is as a character. So, so I thought that was great. Um, I hope in the future coming forward, we get to see John in the role again. I hope there's, I never thought I'd say this, but they kind of have me on board where I kind of hope there's a Reed Richards in this MCU universe or one in some other universe that can hop on over uh, because he did a great job. You know, you know, an actor is good when he's able to portray a character that you hate in a way that you enjoy. Um, and John Krasinski was 100% able to do that with Reed Richards. So I really enjoyed that. If anything, I wish we had gotten him um, to see the other members of the Fantastic Four as well. But um, it would have been uh, kind of hard to kind of slide those in there when the whole purpose of the scene was just the Illuminati. But um, no, no. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with you on pretty much every part of that, actually. Um, particularly, you know, you, you you bring up the fact that Krasinski is such a good actor that he is able to make you enjoy a character that you typically hate. Um, no matter what happens going forward in the MCU, um, especially if they bring in John Krasinski full-time as Reed Richards, which I think they would literally have a riot if they didn't actually at this point. Um, excuse me. But he and Michael Douglas as Hank Pym are two people that have, that really just mm. in these films, at least made me reconsider my entire thoughts about the characters. Um, Reed Richards, I've kind of softened on a little bit in recent years, uh, thanks to Jonathan Hickman's work with the character. Um, yeah, but Michael Douglas is not playing the Hank Pym of the comics. So. Also, my, yes, Michael yeah. Douglas is is not. Let's uh, make sure to say that. Before excuse me. Sure. Like, I'm gonna go get some Hank Pym comics. It's all. Yeah. No. All <laughs> good point. Good point. You know, okay. Yes. Yourself an Ultron. Yeah. Uh, um, another thing. Yeah. Hank Pym in the comics is literally the worst. Yeah. Um, he is a he is a um, uh, an abusive spouse. Um, and uh, then at one point he turns himself into half of an Ultron cyborg. And honestly, that's not the weirdest thing that's ever happened uh, no. when Hank Pym shows up in a comic. And so just a heads up on that before you start reading some older Ant-Man stuff. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you, Josh, for pointing that yeah. out. Wanted to, um, wanted, to that. wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Um, but you, you actually brought up a really interesting point. Uh, you, you talked about uh, Ansem Mount. Uh, the actor being brought back for Black Bolt and uh, this, uh, you know, presumably the last time we'll probably see that actor as the character, honestly, um, or that character in general in the MCU. Um, oh. Probably. But uh, having watched the first two episodes of Inhumans before I, I, I will admittedly, I will admit I gave up, um, Anson Mount and Ewan... Rion, the the guy who plays Ramsey Bolton, and then is also uh, Maximus the Mad and in, in Humans. Um, 
it is not that that show is not their fault. They are giving everything they can to those performances. Um, it's that there's a lot of other problems with that show beyond, uh, beyond them as actors. Um, and really the rest of the cast too, honestly. Um, but, uh, but yes, as, as you said, you know, it's pretty, pretty much a fail, a failed product at this point. So much so that they have literally killed everyone except for, I think Lockjaw, the teleporting dog in the comics. Um, I think him and Black Bolt are the last two people who are, are the last two inhumans who are, who are alive, um, in the comics. Except for uh, Kamala Khan is uh, also at least Tenafin and human in the comics, but we—it's kind of like something that we just kind of push under the rug. Uh, we don't really talk about her, her as an inhuman. It's just she's Miss Marvel and she's the best, and that show is going to be amazing. Um, last point uh, that I did want to talk about, uh, just do kind of a roundtable thing, um, as we are kind of winding down, we have been. Decently harsh to this movie. Um, I will. I will readily admit that. Um, and I will not say that it is. I will not say that it is undeserved um, by any means. Um, and for the record, if you have listened to this entire thing and you've just been seething there and you love this movie, there is nothing wrong with that. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and I want to clarify that. Got to clarify I that. I genuinely earlier. enjoyed it. <laughs> there you go. See, exactly. Alyssa genuinely enjoyed it. Um, so, Alyssa, actually, we're going to start with you on, on this one, then. Oh, no. Um, a, like, a single scene, line, or moment, something that you genuinely loved about this movie, something that just kind of stood out to you, that you you took away and you were like, that was really cool, or I really enjoyed that. What's What was that scene or that moment for you, Alyssa? Um, again, this is only because it's a Doctor Strange movie and because sort of, like, the weird, wacky, mystical, crazy, mind-bending stuff is kind of par for the course. But I really enjoyed the part where they were, like, bouncing through all the different universes. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, the visuals awesome. of that was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have ha- enjoyed it even more if I had been on a lot more drugs while watching that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. Disclaimer for that. Um, but yeah, I genuinely enjoyed that part. I don't know. I just, the colors, everything happening, it was just really neat. Yeah, no, you are absolutely correct. That, that's a that's a great scene. Really, a lot of, a lot of, inter- that's going to be one that like, whenever it's on Disney Plus, I'm going to like be stopping and, you know, like, okay, what's happening in this universe in the background? Yeah. Uh, there, that there, and pizza balls. Pizza balls pizza will be balls, on the yes. menu the next time you guys come into town. Hell yes. I, I, I cannot <laughs> wait for pizza balls. Um, Al, what about you, my friend? What was what was one moment or a line or something that really stuck out to you that you really enjoyed about this movie? Um, yeah. I mean, I already uh, talked about the exchange that kind of reminded me, uh, kind of reminded me of my mom. That's definitely one up there. Um, it felt like she had slipped onto the screen. And had um, and had, had responded to Doctor Strange um, in that scene, but um, I'm gonna go with the part where um, Zombie Strange um, flies to the Dark Hold on wings that are made out of um, yeah. like the souls of the damned, really um, cool. and and like flies over, and then like he. He turns, and all of the hands from the souls of the damned are like fanning out from his body, as if he has like a really weird like well, that's mane a of a lion. 
That's a throwback to the first movie, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, that, he does that yeah, as, as all that was happening, um, I was just sitting there and just being like, this is the most over-the-top, like, honestly, kind of stupid Sam Raimi type stuff <laughs> but like it just it just looks so cool like that's the thing that's the thing with the visuals that sam Raimi does is that the majority of them are very stupid and the majority of them are very over the top but like there's always there's there's always that one where you see it and you're just like man that's so dumb but god it, it just looks so cool but that was that scene for me in this one <laughs> that is what the kids call camp <laughs> there you go. Hey, it 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 works though in that scene. I I I completely completely agree with you on that one, Al. Josh, what about you, brother? Uh, my favorite scene in this movie um, is relatively low key compared to to what you guys have described. Um, but it's it's the moment where I thought this movie could have been something completely different, and it's where Christine tells him that he always has to be the one holding the knife. And there's all there's a much, in my opinion, a much better movie that focuses more on that um, because at that moment you're like, well, you know, okay, Dr. Strange is going to learn. He's going to learn. And actually really what needs to happen is Christine needs to learn from the other dimension. He's learned that actually it's always good when Dr. Strange tells the knife. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we learned at the end of this movie. So my favorite part is that scene. And there's a much better movie uh, that should be built around that scene. In my opinion. That's a good little, good little exchange uh, early on in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so my favorite part of this film, though, um, I've I've got to go with uh, the music fight. Um, I have heard some people Ooh. say that it was too hokey or too too silly. I loved it. I thought be, because because the thing is is like, Raimi has talked about this before. Most of his comic book lore comes from the '60s and the '70s, like when he when he was a kid and he was growing up. Um, that and the idea of Doctor Strange using musical notes to fight an evil version of Doctor Strange that is also using musical notes, and like the score is like winding in with the battle itself. That is one hundred percent a sixties or seventies Doctor Strange comic, like one hundred percent that kind of style. Um, so for me, that was I was actually kind of surprised no one else picked that one, but um, that was the scene that like. And I, I will admit, uh, there were multiple parts where I wasn't really enjoying this movie. And so for that to be a scene that late in the film, and then it kind of brought me back, and I was kind of like, okay, that, that part was kind of cool. That's that's kind of the power of, of that kind of scene. So I, I, I personally really enjoyed that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's about it. You know, I this this movie is definitely divisive. Um I think depending on how they address it going forward, there it might end up being a little bit better. Maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, you know, but either way, we still have so many other things to look forward to. We still have so many other things to enjoy from the MCU. Um, go check out Moon Knight if you haven't. Go check out our podcast on Moon Knight if you haven't. Um, we've also got um, Kenobi happening in two days. We've got Miss Marvel happening in. Uh, two weeks is it is it already that soon is it two weeks i thought i, I have no clue i thought it was early in june i could be wrong but i don't uh, think it'll be i don't think it'll cross over with kenobi oh that's a good point yeah that's a good point happened. yeah 
Okay, so I guess so I guess it'll be Kenobi, then Miss Marvel, and then I'm guessing She Hulk. Yeah, which man. Also, a, a trailer two for Thor just dropped. Oh, it, oh, you're right. It did. Yeah, okay, right. gotcha. Well, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna check that out as soon as we get off here. Um, and we've got yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder is happening later this in the later this summer. And so yeah, a lot of great things on the horizon. Um, thank you all so very much for listening. You all have been amazing, and you're also continued support of the fan correspondence. We really appreciate it. I know it had been a while between podcasts, um, and we thank you all so much for sticking around with us. We've got a lot of fun things planned for this summer, especially if you are a Star Wars fan. Me and Al are currently working on something that we're going to announce later this week. And, uh, yeah, it's just been we're, – we're very excited, and we're very happy to have you all with us. You guys are the best. Always remember that fandom is for everyone. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. <laughs>